What's going on, guys? Welcome to Looking Ahead to Beto Days. I am Chris. And I'm Ryan. And this last weekend, Ryan spent some time at the Iowa Steak Fry. And actually, he got to, he picked up something pretty cool. And we're going to go ahead and play that for you right now. Hey, just want to thank everyone who is listening to this podcast, everyone who produces the podcast, everyone out there who's believing in this country right now at, at a moment that we need to believe in each other. And then is acting on it, seeing it clearly, speaking honestly, acting decisively. That's what this campaign is about. That's the people of this campaign. So inspiring to me. And they're the ones who are going to bring this deeply divided country back together again, not just to defeat Donald Trump, but to do the big things that we're supposed to do as Americans. That's pretty fucking cool, man. Um, how did you how did you track better down like that? I uh, just uh, persistence kept following him through the steak fry because uh, he was taking a lot of pictures, a lot of meal. You know how he is. He answers everybody, talks to everybody, takes a picture with everybody. Yeah. So there's no literally, literally everyone. Literally everybody. Everyone. <laughs> yeah. So and... yeah, I just followed him through, and as he was leaving, you know, few last reporters and other people again, and I caught him just before he went in his car. Um, that's that's super cool, man. And that's actually not the that's the second shout out we've got from him in like two or three days because he did a Reddit AMA this last week. And when he did the Reddit AMA, he started out with talking about some of the stuff that volunteers do, and he shouted you and I out by name, which yeah. is just super cool, because up until that point, I was pretty good with just thinking it was me and you having a conversation. <laughs> yeah, he did. That was crazy. And, you know, it was crazy that AMA came together really quickly. Uh, you know, we didn't have a whole, like, it was very, you know, like I said, came together very quickly. We didn't have a whole lot of notice. and. He did two hours, one in uh, one in one of the default subreddits and one in our subreddit. So got a lot of views, um, a lot of activity on it. So yeah, it is. Uh, we actually have a link to the one on our sub. If you go into Reddit, uh, reddit.com slash Beto2020, uh, you'll find a link to it and you can go check it out. So if you don't know what it is, it's basically like a little uh, online town hall users post qu- he makes a post, users post questions, and then he posts responses. So you can go look, and there's like a, and we also have like a summary of everything he said. So yeah, come go check it out. Yeah, I, I actually had to scroll through that because I don't. You, Ryan is the bet, uh, the the Reddit master. I'm <laughs> I'm the more of the Twitter guy. Like I didn't even know about the shout out. Somebody messaged me on Twitter and was like, "Hey, did you see this?" I was like, "No, what are you talking about?" And then I saw it and I was like, "Oh." Oh shit! It's very real now. It's very, <laughs> yeah. very real. Yeah. Um, as a uh, as a as an entity, it is it is very real, and that is terrifying. Mm-hmm. Terrifying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Terrifying. I, I even uh, shout out to a couple of listeners who uh, came up to me at the steak fry. Uh, yeah, you know, it was um, yeah, it was great to meet everyone. I mean, let me tell you, it was it was quite the trip. I mean, here we are. It's, we're recording on Tuesday, and I'm you know, sleep schedule still messed up. I'm exhausted. Like it was been a whirlwind of a couple of days. And like I was telling you earlier, I got, you know, after meeting so many people, uh, doing a lot of networking with different volunteers, different Beto groups, um, you know, we're already, uh, we're already planning our next trip. So, Hey, listen, everybody out there, um, I'm, I'm going to say this again at the end of the episode, but they're planning it. We're planning another trip up to Iowa, November 1st. Uh, 
big fundraising event going on. They, the, uh, the staff said that they want double the number of people that get there. So, hey, why don't we get triple the number of people showing back up in Iowa? Uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's do it. Yeah, the, from what I saw on Twitter, because I mean I couldn't couldn't make it all the way out to Iowa, which mm -hmm. is why Ryan is so lovely. Um, <laughs> he did all of the heavy lifting um, while I was kicking it around New York City um, for a wedding. I wasn't just like you know I didn't skip the steak fry because I was like you know fuck that I'm gonna go to New York. <laughs> no, I, had a, I was there for a wedding and a Yankees um, game and a Yankees game. Shout out to my kid. Um, we t I took Bodie to his very first professional baseball game. We left left Friday morning and we went and drove all day and went to um, <laughs> to Yankee Stadium for his first professional baseball game. And it was probably the single greatest thing that happened to me <laughs> so far. <laughs> it was really cool. I was super excited, man. It's it's it was awesome, especially awesome. he's going to be one next week. Um, so which I will bring up again next week because I, I I fucking love that kid. Yeah, I saw um, you like I saw those pictures. You guys looked like you were having a blast. We had a good ass time, man. Nice. Yeah. So this steak fry, Ryan, you went all weekend. You were there Friday, Saturday, and yeah, Sunday. The so, steak fry was really the Saturday, but you did right. a whole lot of stuff. So tell me about your weekend. Like, what kind of shit did you do, man? Well, so all right, so I left Tuesday, uh, made a road trip out of it. Um, I actually on the way, I stopped in Little Rock, Arkansas, and I went to the Clinton Library. So that was actually pretty cool. I got to walk around there, check out, you know, the last. Uh, Southern Democratic president who was pretty good president when you think back at it. I mean, you know, he, he had his faults, but for the era he was, he he was not a bad president, you know. So, um, yeah, that was fun. Get to go there. Then I drove up to St. Louis, spent the night, and then on to Des Moines. Um, Friday morning, we had a climate strike. Um, so, you know. Which was worldwide, mind you. Um, right. That, that whole climate strike thing was great, and we did a – we're going to do an entire episode on it because we got so much stuff because it was so big. Yeah. We're just, we'll give you a quick rundown of, like, what what did you see there? So, um, you know, about, I think they said between five 600 people showed up, uh, lots and lots of signs, lots of speakers came up, um, you know – it was definitely a youth-led movement. I got some great interviews, talked to some of the organizers, um, you know, a uh, little big surprise. To, well, I'll, I'll talk about that later. So, yeah, talked to some organizers, um, you know, and just, just kind of marched with them. And uh, everybody brought a whole bunch of uh, homemade signs. So I just started asking people about their signs and what it means and why they're out there and you know it's surprising got a lot of, everybody wanted to talk about it everybody wanted to talk about it so oh definitely it's like, it's probably one of the biggest topic i mean like it's the, it's the biggest threat to us right now not named oh, donald yeah. trump oh yeah and um, everybody was very because usually when you talk like you you stick a microphone in somebody's face you know 50 percent of the time they kind of cower a little bit say, eh, i don't want to talk no everybody wanted to talk about it like when i, yeah. I mean just forthcoming you know so it was it was really good experience um so yeah that was uh friday morning then we did some canvassing so got to talk to about a lot of islands um that was really really fun had had some good experience had one bad experience but uh please detail the bad experience <laughs> well not to scare anybody off um because this is an extremely rare occurrence um so first off let me just say Everybody we talked to was just completely lovely. You know, Iowans are 
even the people who are on the other side are extremely friendly, except for this one old guy who I think was a little bit off his rocker. <laughs> because we got there and um, he came out and he looked at us kind of skeptically from the end of the driveway, old guy. So, you know, what do you do when you're out canvassing? You go over and he's like, hey, how you doing? You know, shake your hands. It's an opportunity to introduce himself. He recoiled from shaking my hand, started screaming about dead babies um and obama being a muslim so we did what you're supposed to do it's like okay well you have a good day sir walk away and we continued on and that wasn't enough for him he decided to follow us and started screaming at us and so we turned the corner and kept moving on to the next house and as we were talking to the uh, somebody we we're having a really good conversation with this gentleman uh the dude got in his truck and followed us and started screaming at us um so i actually i i um because it was three of us it was me and two other females so i actually went up and i talked to him for a while uh kind of you know let him get it off his chest <laughs> and so the other girl you're, you're a brave man yeah let the other girl well i mean i was i was keeping an eye on and they had like at that point we were like okay i'm gonna go like see if i can like distract him you guys just move on get 911 handy <laughs> just on your phone so and, um and i was able to talk to him for a little bit and you know he explained kind of like how beto does he explained his views i explained my views um you know it, it was he had it end well he got tired and you know at the end of the day handed me a prayer card and drove off and didn't that bother us again so sounds about right yeah i mean what that else sounds... do you you know yeah i mean but usually getting people following you, yelling at you, that that never happens. So I don't oh, yeah. do I don't want to discourage anybody from that. That was a very unique experience. Oh, definitely. <laughs> and um, I've uh, if any of you guys know Brenda, Brenda, Jer I think yeah. Jurgensen is just amazing. And she only has re I mean, she's had some bad experience, but she's mm -hmm. literally canvassed hundreds of houses. Yeah. And the stuff like that is completely minimal most of it is really 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 positive stuff yeah and so, let I mean, me tell you the positive extremely outweighed the negative i mean i had just some great great positive conversations in that and actually i think we're going to talk about that later um in the in the episode so yeah that don't not to be discouraged you know we we canvassed two times total and i had some great experiences so i i'm already looking forward to doing it again out there Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've, I've heard a lot of people who really, really enjoy canvassing just because they like knocking on doors and talking mm -hmm. to, to mm -hmm. people. It's weird to me, and I don't really particularly care to do it. I just, like, if I see you out in public, that's one thing, but I'm not going to, like, come to your house. Um, <laughs> but, like, I'm also not of the norm, so that's, well, that's it's, just me as a person. Well, that's the thing. It's like, we because every, every time we went out, uh, we brought somebody new with us and at the end of it every time that new person was like okay i can do this we need to do more of this this was great you know yeah. so you know it, it it can be addicting i mean it can't you know you don't you do what you can you don't uh don't try and kill yourself and go for four hours straight at you know the middle of the day in the heat you know oh yeah definitely not <laughs> you know take your say yourself don't it's a marathon not a sprint so 
Yeah, oh, exactly. Anyway, so we're getting so off track the, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're going to talk about canvassing. Like I said, um, we're, both yeah. of us have interacted with Brenda quite a bit, and we would, we really want to have her on the show to talk mm-hmm. about canvassing because she's like the canvas master. Yeah. Um. So Friday, Friday, so, yeah, you Friday had canvassed. Uh, um. Then uh, it was early bed basically because we had to be up at we had to be at the steak fry site at six forty five. So. What the steak fry is. Oh, no, 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 no. I take that back. I take that back. We canvassed on Friday. And then after we left canvassing a little early because we had to go put the signs up. Mm-hmm. So uh, we got to the site. And okay, so this is at Waterworks Park. And if you just think of like a huge open field, that's maybe, I don't know, half mile square, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what it is. The steak fry is actually off to the side of that. Um, and inside the square, every campaign has like an area sectioned off. Okay. And so that's kind of, ha- and then there's parking in the middle. So that's kind of where everything is. And then there's like the interest to come in. So we met at the square at the Beto spot. Um, we had a great spot because it was right there at the entrance, um, which comes into play later, I think. Um, and they had us set up the signs. So the idea was 2,000. We wanted to greet better with 2,000 signs. Uh, we had those homemade 4x4 four four plywood signs. I think if you saw that video, did you see that video of the drive-in with all the signs? I, I did not. Oh, there's a video on Twitter of somebody driving in with just sign after sign after sign after sign. It's all I, I've seen a million signs. Like I saw all sorts of pictures. Like I said, I was in New York for the, uh, through the weekend, so I'm still playing catch up with a, a uh, lot of that stuff. But you guys, I mean, y'all. Someone posted out. a video of uh, someone driving through it, and when I tell you that it's, I didn't from, see that. I know exactly from the entrance, about. and this is like a, I don't know how far it is, but it's probably about three quarters of a mile, of just plastered with Beto signs. We put two thousand small Beto signs. Uh, 80 four by four plywood signs that they just kind of stenciled in Beto for America. Uh, I don't know how many of the big barn signs, banners, I mean, plastered the area with signs. We had so many signs. I was like dragging them up onto hills at one point. We made a Beto Hill. We made little arrangements of signs off the signs off the sign. You motherfuckers built a boat. (laughs) We built a, they built a boat to have it floating on. They had these huge plywood letters. Uh, that they were holding, like, they spelt out, um, what did they spell? Uh, so the ones that they were holding that they were carrying around was Hell Yes. Yeah, I saw that one. Those were yeah. cool. And then the, over there they had, um, was it You Better Believe It, I think? Yep, saw a bunch of those too. Was those that were it? Cool. Yeah, and the big blue letters? I think yep. that was what it said. Yeah, so they had all that shit up. So basically we put all that shit up at 5 o'clock. Um, on the dot, which is kind of the thing there because they laid them all out and you're not allowed to put them up till five. So it's the quote unquote sign war where we all basically go out there and all the campaigns are sticking up their signs at five o'clock. But we had a ridiculous amount more signs than any other campaign by far. Um, so yeah, it was, we were all out there, put those signs up. Uh, the staff actually. Like, it's like homecoming. The staff actually stayed out there overnight to make sure nobody fucked with the signs. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. They they, they camped there. They camped right? there to make sure. <laughs> it's crazy. 
<laughs> yeah, it's like, you're like, oh, so it's like homecoming. It's like, and they were like, well, yeah, that's kind of a good example. <laughs> so, yeah. It's fun. Um, yeah, so 6.45, we got back. Um, you know, started setting everything up. Uh, the So, the order of the day. So, we kind of got a chance to drive around and take a look at everybody's setup and what everybody had. Um, so, like, across... So, we're, like, right at the entrance to the Y, which is right to the main entrance. There's another entrance, but it closes at 10. So, like, everybody was driving through those better signs. Um, and so we got to drive around. Like, across from us was Biden, and next to us it was Camilla. And then as you drive around, there's, like... Kamala? Three, Kamala. What did I say? Yeah, yeah. You said Camilla. Come on, Kamala. The yeah. last thing we want is the K-Hive coming after us. No, Kamala. <laughs> sorry. Uh, Kamala Harris. We're yeah. sorry, Kamala. So you drive around... Uh, Drive around. It's all uh, good. It's funny. There's Corey, uh, Pete, uh, Bernie. Surprisingly, had absolutely nothing at his site. And when I see absolutely nothing, it was like a canopy and like a barnyard sign, and that was it. You know, Corey had a big setup. Uh, Michael Bennett had more stuff than he did, more supporters than he did. Uh, Amy had a good crowd out there, um, which I guess isn't that surprising. Um, yeah, we've all seen the videos of her dancing. It was, it yeah. Was, <laughs> yeah, man, there were a lot of, a lot of videos of white people dancing, like, yeah, lots of them. Yeah. So, uh, Pete had it set up out there. Um, yeah, so there's a, so then the supporters start arriving. Uh, Harris has got people went out there first, actually, and they started cheering right there at the entrance. Uh, at one point we got enough critical mass. We kind of like grabbed all our stuff, paraded through them and cheered and then chanted next to them and then paraded back. Um, you know, it was good fun. They were chanting at us with their microphones blowing it at our ears and we were doing it right back to them. So, you know, it, it was one of those things. Everybody was having a good time with that. Um, that's, that's awesome. And that's something we really need in politics. Yeah, too. It, it was. You don't see that a lot. Everybody was like all the other campaigns were very friendly with each other. Uh, you know, and, and you're talking to the staff and like, yeah, all the staff campaigns like get along, you know, you know, nobody's really contentious when it comes to stuff like that. Everybody, everybody down there was, you know, yeah, we know this is good fun. This is great. You know, we're all on the same team. Let's win this thing. You know, so, yeah. you know, you got your spirit squad. We got our spirit squad. Let's cheer at each other. You know, Amy had a little spirit squad out there, too. So, you know pops to her it wasn't very big but it was out there <laughs> well the, from what i saw and from what i was seeing the beto spirit squad was fucking nuts dude it got off the chain and it just kept building and building and building because because it was kind of fortunate we were right there by the entrance uh uh so like people would go and like you know They'd show up, they'd immediately grab a placard, walk down, cheer, chant, jump around. When you get tired, you can just go back, have some water, you know, you're, cause you're not far. And you can just come right back. Like it's not a, it's not a big effort. So, uh, yeah, that really helped. But yeah, we, we just kept going and kept growing and kept growing. Eventually Amy's people left, at least eventually Harris's people left. And then, uh, yeah, we just kind of took over and didn't stop. Um, I mean, that I got props to our spirit squad, man. Oh my God. Those, their energy, everybody's energy. I mean, we just, 
they were chanting and cheering and doing everything for like ah shoot I can't even remember what time Beto shot it was just such a blur I don't even I didn't even look at the time I bet uh, yeah I, like I I did pick up a few videos and like the guy with the megaphone and the overalls that oh, was, like, he, was he was awesome absolutely <laughs> crushing it he started like, off all... so pale at the beginning and at the end he was so red <laughs> <laughs> I bet he was, dude. You guys, you guys really showed out from, from the, the the little bit of stuff that I have seen. You guys just, oh man. Oh my god, I there wish was, I was there. No, so much energy. I mean, and it just it just kept building and building and building and building. And I'm not I'm not just saying this because I'm like, you know, yeah, I've drunk the Kool Aid. No, it was like just massive amounts of energy out there. Uh, oh yeah i didn't see anything like that from other campaigns and i i'm i'm pretty good about looking at other people's stuff just so i'm aware um for no other reason than than being aware but the mm -hmm. Beto crowd looked like they came to throw down and just they threw down oh my god we made so much noise because we had Absolutely. cowbells going and i think pete tried to do the little hand cowbells no we had uh shout out to mama she she shout sent us a box of cow of the big ones and we yeah, I saw the hell out of those. Man. I got my uh, I got my souvenir. I got one with me. Yeah, we were playing the hell out of those. It was, it was great. It was great. Um, so yeah, uh, we were there. Um, Beto actually, like a group of people went off and they met up with Beto and he actually marched into the site instead of being driven in. So he, you know, they marched into the site. Um, you know, everybody obviously, you know, if you thought the energy was low before, you know, high before when he showed up, um, I don't know if you listen to the audio, but I think like the mic went dead. It was so loud. <laughs> oh yeah, man. It was just nuts. It was nuts. Nuts. Um, so yeah, he did that. Um, came in. So we all huddled up, uh, over, uh, you know, we didn't have a stage or anything. I mean, we couldn't afford a stage, I think. Uh, so we just kind of huddled up and, uh, the, uh, the speaker from the person who organized the climate strike she was the one who introduced beto and endorsed beto right then and this was a big shock to us because we were just at the climate strike the day before and we had no clue no clue whatsoever and so when she showed up and did that we're like holy shit <laughs> that's crazy it's so, kind of a big deal like you, yeah you, you created this huge ass event and then all of a sudden she turns around and endorses beto and like introduces him yeah so that was amazing um and then he gave a little pre-rally speech which we're gonna play for you in a little bit because uh i think i may have one of the only audios of that speech um I don't think anybody else really recorded the whole thing. So no, he you've got the you he Ryan was able to get the whole thing. Did you did you want to just throw it in now? Uh yeah, let's go ahead and throw it in now. All right. Let's uh let's do it. Check it out, guys. One second. To all of you boat building overnight camping.
the odds are? Because we are going to define the odds. We're going to be there for everyone who's been counted out, or jumping down, or written off, or taken for granted. We're going to lift them up when they have been pushed down. We're going to knock on every door. We're going to make every phone call. We're going to have every single conversation with Democrats, with independents, with And that 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 shit's fucking cool, man. Like, how did you? How were you able to like have the wherewithal to to record that right then? Well, I was already recording. Like, as soon as he showed up, I already decided I was going to record everything. Um, so yeah, I was just managing to get into the right spot. And you got some pretty good audio on it for as loud as it was. You can hear the speech. You can you can hear what he says. It's it's pretty powerful stuff. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. like. Yeah. After, after he comes in and speaks, what, what, what goes on? What do you guys uh, do? So then we march to the steak fry. Because I said the steak fry is like off to the side of where all the groups are. And like we marched the whole way in there. He walked, obviously, far. He's a fast walker. <laughs> he's got long he's got long legs. Yeah. I <laughs> so I know that problem well. I think he's like <laughs> two inches taller than I am. But yeah. Being tall makes you a fast walker by virtue of having long legs. But it was, but I mean, we had so many people. So 
as we were marching, you know, we're all chanting, all chanting the other campaigns, like the Biden campaign and all the people there. Well, so like Biden's area, it was huge, but everybody was just kind of sitting around eating. (laughs) They didn't do anything like so the way I guess I should go back and explain how you get tickets. Basically, the way it is, every every campaign just buys a number of tickets and gives it out. So Biden's was kind of the, they bought the most tickets. If you were a Democrat, get one from the Biden camp. And that's where you go sit. So they were actually coming up to the ropes as we were watching by and like chanting and cheering with us. <laughs> and a lot of the other that's campaigns, cool. yeah, a lot of the other campaigns were like, yeah, kind of on us too, like, you know, doing it with us. And so it was great. It was, uh, we went all the way up uh, to the state front, to the stage with Beto um did a big rally there at the uh, you know we we're chanting and cheering and everything and just kept making noise right there by the stage constantly i mean basically making a big spectacle over in the corner <laughs> oh yeah no definitely you guys did a good job Mom. i did um on my drive home from uh new york i listened to his speech and man you guys you guys pretty much you guys showed out pretty well oh dude yeah so well yeah so we did a rally there for a while uh then he went then he then we kind of stopped. He took pictures with everybody, all the Beto supporters who were there. Everybody got a Pinterest picture. Cynthia was extremely busy clipping shots. Oh, I'm sure. Um, then he kind of went back. We kind of hung out for a little bit, and then we came back. We cheered. He went up on the stage, did a speech, uh, came back down. You know, kind of walked through the crowd a lot. You know, taking pictures and everything. Um, so we just kind of hung out for a little while while Beto was like basically working the crowd. Uh, you know, a couple of supporters of us were, you know, finding a place to eat. We went and camped out for a while. We got trampled by a Warren at one point. That's fun. <laughs> we were, yeah, we were just sitting there and, you know, eating our steak. And all of a sudden, like, we're getting stepped on and like our, my phone's getting stepped on. And one of the girls besides me was getting like hit and we stand up and, there's Warren with her press gaggle, just like walking on by, not even paying attention to us. And we're like, what the fuck? <laughs> just walking all over us, whatever. <laughs> so anyways, uh, yeah, it was uh, hung out for a little while. Out, and then we, so it was supposed to, like, it was, um, it, it was supposed to thunderstorm all day. Um, and yeah, poor Tim Ryan, by the way. <laughs> Yeah, I heard that because um, we left about like two or three, and by that point, I think the rain started really hitting. Yeah, yeah. They he, he I saw that he was the last one to speak, mm-hmm. and then the rain just came down on him. Which you know, I like Tim Ryan. He's, mm-hmm. He seems like a good guy. Um, I just man, I felt bad for him. <laughs> yeah. well, so so bef- before we 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 move on, tell us exactly what the steak fry is. Why is the steak fry important? So the steak fry is it was a um, it was a fundraiser putting put on by Senator Harkins I think I hope I mm-hmm. get that right um, for a long time uh, he actually stopped it and they brought it back but basically it's a big fundraiser for the Democratic Party out there mm-hmm. um, this was actually the biggest steak fry ever they sold twelve thousand tickets. So that's 12,000 Democratic Iowans. These are your caucus goers. These are your people who are involved. We're all showing up for this. 
So that's why this is so important. This was in Obama's 2008. This was kind of his coming out party when he kind of separated. And, you know, that's when he kind of made a name for himself. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of why they put a lot of emphasis on it, why it's kind of a big deal. And, you know, it's a good experience. Uh, you know, you could see a lot of the campaigns. You get to see different campaign supporters. You get to interact with everybody. So, yeah, it was really good. Really good. And then tell us about your evening, Ryan. How was your evening Saturday so, night? <laughs> so uh, we had been planning, all right, so after the steak fry, what are we going to do? We'll, you know, we'll go party or something because, well, we went canvassing again and then we, no, no, we had to go back to the show. Oh, no, no, no. So after that, uh, we went, sorry, I'm telling you, it's a blur. After that, we went back. It sounds like yeah. it. It sounds like you had a really good time and yeah. you're still enjoying that hangover. I Very much. I am on still euphoria clown dine. We have to organize and do everything for better right now. Um, so after that, um, I went back to the hotel, shower changed, and we went to the uh, DCAA, the local community college. Um, they do with the, with the PBS station there, they do a little... Uh, Iowa, it's a presidential forum for Iowa candidates. And so Beto was on it. I went to that forum. I got went there and my uh, question actually got selected. So I got to go, uh, you know, listen to Beto, give a really great interview with uh, this. And I actually got to get up and talk to him about uh, net neutrality and, uh, you know, and uh, uh, treating like holding con holding platforms accountable for their content so he gave some great answers that was really fun so that yep, was you can you can still find that on the website what's it it was dmac right DMAC, that, was that was it that was it yes dmac yep dmac the you guys go check that out it was a pretty good forum and uh actually i have it linked on our um twitter page so if you go to at mm -hmm. look, uh, look to beto days um it's it's going to be on there you know we had that we had to boost up our, our co-host he, he asked a really <laughs> important question he is on the page go check him out yeah i thought that was so that was really cool got to go ask that question um and so we'd been planning for a while like okay after everything we're gonna go have some drinks and then like all right let's throw a birthday party and uh while we're at the d that the that forum we kind of slipped we because it wasn't a very big crowd it's very small it was a very intimate uh setting so we got a chance to talk to him a little bit and uh i was with the envoys for beto um if uh, I think we're going to have a special episode about them later. So we're going to do a whole thing with the envoys. They do some really cool stuff. They really do. Um, I'll just go ahead and plug them now. Uh, USA Beto 2020.org. Um, yeah. They, uh, if you're looking, if you're looking to, you know, move beyond Twitter and Facebook likes to oh, doing something a little bit more involved, um, you know, check them out. Um, Definitely. definitely. So definitely, anyways, definitely. but we'll get more into them later. Um, so anyways, we were trapped and we talked about them and we mentioned the party and he's like, all right, well, maybe if we have time, sure, whatever. And uh, got Cynthia's number um, just in case because they I think they immediately had to turn around and they had to be somewhere in like a few hours. So we went and to this place, uh, a brewery, uh, Exile Brewery in Des Moines. It was a really nice place. Uh, had some pretty good craft beers there and we're just kind of hanging out hoping we got the call from Cynthia that he's on his way he showed up and we threw him That's a super birthday cool. party yeah so it was literally like 30 of us in this little uh 
little private room. Uh, we lit him a birthday. We got him a birthday cake. Wrote him a bunch of letters about you know happy birthday. Uh, you know had him blow out a candle, quote unquote candle. Um, had some you know, and he just kind of sat there and just like talked and chatted with us, drank some beers. You know, we had some food. He probably enjoyed that, man. He with all the the stuff he has to do, something simple like that, mm-hmm. and just hanging out with people who mm-hmm. just genuinely want to hang out with him. Yeah, it's probably a big deal. Like I, I get that. You know, yeah, because like, everybody it, it there had all everybody there pretty much had all flown in. I mean, we put it on the events page. Um, I think it was on the 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 actual events map, but uh, you know, it was pretty much just everybody who was left over from the steak fry who had flown in. Um, we were just hanging out and yeah, he, like I said, he showed up and it was, it was great. It was a, like I said, good little time. Um, we went back, crashed, did some more canvassing Sunday and then I drove home. So yeah, that's it. But before you drove home, you actually talked to, uh, quite a few better supporters throughout the the weekend. So I did go ahead and and, and introduce your segment, man. Let's, let's do this. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, like you said, uh, you know, same thing I said. Everybody at the rally was were cheering. They were real happy to tell me, uh, you know, why they like Beto. So uh, yeah, let's listen to some uh, people at the rally say why they like Beto. I'm at the Iowa uh, Steak Fry. I got some better supporters here. So uh, you said you're from Iowa? Yeah. I am. So uh, why do you like Beto? You said you saw him recently. Why do you like him? I like him because I like how well he responds to, to my question that I had. I really like that he spoke two languages. That means he has been immersed in other cultures. Uh, he understands diversity. That's what I feel like. I feel I like him because I care about this planet. I like him because I care about Pachamama, which means our Mother Earth. <laughs> awesome, awesome. So you say you got to uh, meet Beto recently. What did you What did you ask him when you when you saw him? I remember asking him that it's very difficult to cover so many issues that we have in this country. Mm-hmm. But if he could think about one thing that could make a difference within seven within seven generations. Mm-hmm. He answered, well, climate change, um, uh, environment, uh-huh, uh-huh. Right. and he does care about the future of this country. Awesome. Tell me why you like Beto. Why do I like Beto? Yeah. Well, why I, do you like Beto? <laughs> I was a Cory guy, mm-hmm. and then during the Senate run, uh, Beto inspired me, and so I announced to the family, I am going with Beto now. So the day he announced, I joined his volunteered for his campaign and been putting in countless hours and a lot of lost sleep yeah. since then. <laughs> Got some uh, relentless workers out here, that's yes. for sure. And that's for sure. Has, uh, all, all the issues, he mm-hmm. hits all the points that I believe in. So. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Tara. Yes. Tell me why you like Beto. Why I like better? Mm-hmm. Does it need to be like one sentence or less? You can, you can ramble. I can ramble? Okay. <laughs> Um, so 
when I came into this election, I was kind of thinking I'd probably end up supporting a woman. But I watched one of Beto's town halls, and I was just completely blown away by the way that he listened and the complete attention that he gave everyone. And the things that he, were saying, that he was saying just felt so completely true to everything that I was feeling. And I just thought, wow, this is, this is it. This is the guy. This is the one who's, like, capturing the zeitgeist for me. This is where I want to be. It's the work I want to do. And here I am in Iowa. Iowa, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we got quite the setup here. It's crazy. You ready for today? I am so ready. I can't even tell you. Yeah. This is going to be awesome. We're so waiting. Recording <laughs> something real quick. Tell me why you like Beto so much. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're the. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm here at 7 o'clock, so it's got to be something. Oh, yeah. He's the greatest guy there is. He's. He's moral, he's honest, he's for us. I mean, he's really for the people. He wants to speak to every individual, um, get the views of every person. Uh, he's just the greatest guy. Everybody should meet him and they'd know how I feel. <laughs> We're gonna get the message out as much as we can. You might, uh, how about you, sir? You tell me why you like Beto? I'll tell you what, I'm, I campaigned for Bobby Kennedy in 1968. Beto, to me, is the reincarnation of Bobby Kennedy. Their ideas, their manners, it's just like being able to do it again. Wow. That's, that's, that's really special. Thank you. So thank you for that very much. Tell me why you like Beto real quick. Oh my God, what's not what's not to like about <laughs> Beto? The man who speaks the truth. What can what else can you say? I mean, that's it for me. Is like a, finally somebody who's like just saying it. Yeah. Just saying what what what's right, what's real, the truth. Man, we all need to hear it, don't we? Tell me why you like Beto. Okay. <laughs> just tell me why you like Beto. <laughs> all right, I like Beto because. He is willing to listen to everybody and work with everybody and learn from everybody and let that inform his decision. Yeah. Good reason. <laughs> Dang straight it is. Yeah. Any questions? Any questions? All right, so uh, why Beto? <laughs> I like he's a challenger. Challenger? Yeah, he's a challenger. He's challenging himself. So that's true. So he's, yeah, he's definitely going challenging the norm and challenging like outside of the stuff. Yeah. He's bold, that's why very I like much, him. very much. <laughs> well, there's a lot of reasons why I like oh, Beto. Hold on one second, I'm sorry, I didn't get record. That's why. <laughs> Try again. Yeah, well the reason I like Beto is because he's uh, you know, kind of a moderate, progressive Democrat, you know, who believes that it's better to help you know, people in the world rather than tear them down, you know? It's like, uh, I am especially encouraged by his stand on uh, guns. You know, weapons of war shouldn't be on the street. We don't have 50 millimeter uh, machine guns on the street. Why would we have AR-15s or AK-47s, you know? There's just so many different issues that I agree with him on. Legalizing marijuana for prison reform, you know, reparations for uh, you know, the Civil War for subjugating, you know, black people. It's just, yeah, no, I love him. Awesome. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Do you want to say something? Or? <laughs> All right. <laughs>
Hi. I do a podcast for uh, Beto's campaign. You might just, can I just ask you real quick why you like Beto so much? Yeah, sure. Just tell me why you like Beto. I like Beto so much because I'm from El Paso and he's from El Paso. And he's an amazing man and he's had has a heart of gold and he loves the Hispanic population. So what's not to love, right? Awesome, awesome. Yeah. yeah. I'm from Galveston, so welcome. Yeah. <laughs> nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. <laughs> podcast for Beto's campaign. Can I just ask you real quick why you like Beto so much? Why you like Beto so much? Or why don't you like Beto? <laughs> I love him. <laughs> I, I like him because he talked to you, not at you. That's true. Yeah. That's true. And he, he can work both across the aisle. He does that. Absolutely. Yes. He is down to earth. Yes. Yes, he is. Thank you very much. Uh-huh. How you doing? I do, a, I do a podcast for uh, Beto's campaign. Do you mind just asking me real quick why you like Beto so much? Uh, yeah, I really like that he's truly bipartisan. Um, like he's willing to work with all different uh, viewpoints and work together to find a middle ground. Awesome. Thank you very much. Hi, I do a podcast for the Beto campaign. Can I ask you real quick why you like Beto so much? You go, you go first. <laughs> uh, I like his bipartisanshipness. He works with everybody, who no matter who you are. We got to get control of the gun gun laws. We got to get him in check. Yep. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Uh, I do a. Po- <laughs> Don't talk. It's all right. How you doing? I do it pretty good. I do a podcast for Beto's campaign. Can okay. I just ask you real quick why you uh, like Beto sure. so much? Uh, I think because he's able to articulate a clear progressive message while still being respectful enough to draw in independents, draw in Republicans, and actually create a nationwide movement to be able to affect change once in office. It's not enough just to win a primary, not enough just to win the general election. we got to be able to create a wide movement once in office. Awesome. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Out here at the Iowa State Fight, tell me why you like Beto. Uh, I mean, I'm a junior in high school, and on Wednesday, so at my high school, we have our main high school, and then we have Tate, which is a smaller high school. And someone came to Tate, which is less than 100 yards from my high school, with a loaded gun, and said, I'm gonna kill someone. That's unacceptable. I'm sorry. It's like 100 yards from my school, a loaded gun, someone saying, I'm gonna kill someone. That's not fucking acceptable. 
and that's why I support Beto. He has the best plan to deal with uh, the epidemic of gun violence in our country. Yeah. Awesome, thank you very much. Those were really good, man. Like you, you do such a good job, and I know the sound quality <laughs> on the last one wasn't the best, but the, what this new mic you have is just wonderful. You got some really good stuff. We were able to get some of the chants in there for you guys to like. We wanted you to feel like what it was like to be on the ground. Mm -hmm. um, but what, what's it like being on the ground in Iowa? Like we have all these polls that come out that I feel <laughs> like they don't represent what's actually happening. Right. So. The thing about Iowans is they know they're important <laughs> and they also uh, don't like making up their mind because they're important. Okay, a lot of that's I, fair. A lot of people I talk to, a lot of people talk I talk to were just frankly undecided. Um, when you're block walking out there, they're telling you, listen, um, you know, you're not going to, you won't get as many firm supporters for anybody. What you really want is Beto in the top three. That's what you want. Um, mm -hmm. So I would be walking through these neighborhoods and I mean, you talk knocking on doors of some old people who, you know, this one uh, great lady I had a conversation with, uh, she, uh, she was older lady. Her son had a tattoo shop. She, uh, uh, I think we took a picture with her too. I think we ended up taking a selfie with her too. Uh, yeah, she just, we bonded on tattoos for a little bit. Uh, we talked to her about it and she's like, I don't know who Beto is. I guess Biden, you know, I don't have the internet, doesn't watch television. So some of these people just don't, aren't informed, period. And a lot of them are just, you know, I don't know. I'm gonna have a couple in mind. I'm not really making up any any decisions. So I really think a lot of that is just indecisiveness. And I can tell you, we let we left impressions every time we blocked walk and we read talked to somebody. We left an impression on them, and you know, they probably still won't move over to the Beto column right away because they're insistent on being undecided. Um, and, you know, a lot of people say, yeah, I'm probably not going to make up my mind who I'm caucusing for until, you know, a lot sooner. Now, I did get a couple, uh, you know, we did get one uh, girl, uh, not girl, woman who uh, was a better supporter and we did get her to commit to caucus with about 12 of her friends. So that was awesome. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I, I bet that's that's pretty sweet. Yeah, it's a pretty good number, right? Yeah. And, you know. You know what I've realized, and uh, so while I was at the state fry, I had a chance to talk to Charlie Hodges, um, who is a great guy. He's a local Iowan. If you're in Des Moines and you haven't met him, look him up on Twitter. Just the friendliest, most welcoming guy. He was super helpful in getting us, like, welcoming to Iowa, getting us set up with everything. So, yeah, yeah, uh, shout out to Charlie. Um, so I had this... Uh, 
talk with him about caucusing. So why don't we go ahead and just uh, play that clip about caucus, caucusing? Yeah, we're going to go ahead and, and, yeah. and run a clip for you. Uh, uh, Ryan, I, I have, have no idea what caucusing is. So we're going to go ahead and run this clip with uh, Charlie talking about caucusing. So I am here at the Iowa State Fair with Charlie Hodges. How are you doing, Charlie? I'm doing very well. How are you? So you're a native Iowan, right? Yes, I am. And you've done a lot of caucusing in your life, I hear. Yes, I have. So I have no idea what a caucus is or caucusing, so why don't you walk me through this and help, help us out, like, for a first-time person who just showed up, uh, why don't we start with what is a caucus? A, ca <clears throat> a caucus is essentially a collection of neighbors, traditionally, and I like to call it um, extreme democracy. Okay. <laughs> because uh, unlike a t traditional primary, you don't come in anonymously and pull a lever, you congregate within your precinct and then you decide as a group who you're going to caucus for. So it's, it's definitely a different experience than the primary. All right, so like how big are these caucuses that you go to? Um, it, caucus sizes can depend. Um, they do it by voting precinct. Okay. And so um, the, the way the caucus works is they actually do allow people to make um, voting registration changes the day of. Okay. So while it is limited to Democrats, you can actually come in the day of the caucus and change your voting registration to Democrat so you're able to participate in the caucus. Oh, okay. so the same day? Yes, yep, yep, same day as, as long as you get it done before the caucus starts. Okay. Um, and then when the caucus is getting ready to start, everybody actually collects within the designated room. They close off the doors, and um, everybody essentially, the people, the different supporters collect in specific areas. Okay. Um, and then what happens is a half an hour of electioneering takes place where you have um, informally designated people talking to other groups, trying to convince them about their candidates, and a half an hour of, of that happens. Once that half an hour is completed, then um, they actually take account at that point. And what, they do, what they're actually doing is they're taking account for what they call viability. And traditionally, viability means you need 15% of the people that are there for your candidate to continue to the next phase. So if your candidate does not meet the 15%, then at that point, you're, you almost turn into an undecided and, and, and then need to align. So are like, like when people are up there speaking or like folks switching sides actively, like it's a very... Yeah, exactly. And, and, and that's why, and, and this is something that um, when people are out canvassing, they will actually ask, you know, it's like, okay, if you're not for Beto, you know, who is your second choice, et cetera, because your, your second choice actually becomes very important if your candidate does not reach viability. Okay. Because uh, once the first half hour of electioneering takes place, then you have the count, and if people do not meet, do not meet the viability requirements, at that point, they actually do another half hour of electioneering and, um, and, and, and they do it in what, what they call a realignment, which is basically people, you know. You're not allowed to be in this group anymore. Get out. Go right, find somewhere right, else to hang. Right, right, exactly. Or, you know, if someone's like, hey, I, I've been convinced by this candidate, you know. Mm -hmm. And so after the second half an, half an hour, there's a, there's a realignment. And then at that point, the final votes are taken. And then what actually happens is each precinct is, is awarded a number, a specific number of delegates. And based like on how big the precinct yeah, is. Basically. Yeah, yeah, yep, yeah. yep. And then, and then what happens at the end of it is they actually um, they allot the number of um, of delegates on on a proportion to how the sure. vote turns out. And then those numbers of delegates are then um, 
phoned into the to the state office, and then they tally that up, and, and then those are the results That's of the, the results. Got it. So uh, you said when the people can show up the day of, is there people like on staff there would be willing to yep. switch over if you if you were a Republican and wanted votes? Yep, yep, yeah. yep, definitely. They 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 have people there that that are ready to do the the, the voter registration before the actual caucus begins. Right. So right. so that's a, those are those are the basic rules. Um, in the in the past, they actually had two realignments. Mm -hmm. And for this one, they're actually going down to one. So I mean, because so it could actually take several hours before because of the two realignments and and two viability counts. But they've gone down to one realignment this time. Um, the the one thing that I do not have a lot of information on is I know that um, the DNC just passed a um, like more more of a remote caucus. I saw the satellite. They're doing satellite caucuses and like nursing homes and stuff. And I. I don't know how that's going to play at this point, so there will definitely be more uh, to come on that. But if you're doing on-site caucusing, basically that that's more or less what you're going to see. So it's it, it's definitely not an anonymous you go in and pull a lever sure, kind of thing. Right. It's it, it's very interactive, interactive, extreme democracy. Right, right. So let's say a Beto supporter showed up mm -hmm. and first-time caucuser showed up. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, how what would they do? What they would do is they would come in and they would look for the other Beto support. Look for the shirts. Yep. <laughs> look for the black shirts and then essentially congregate as a group. Um, and then and then that, and, and then that's what when the first half hour of an of electioneering will take place, where, where we try to convince other people. Sometimes, like the last one I was at, they actually had, actually had a group of undecideds, of undecideds up in the front as well. So everybody was, of course, <laughs> kind of I don't want to say swarming, but they were uh, definitely trying to get. Or were bribes exchanged? <laughs> um, no, everything's always on the up and up in the Democratic Party. Um, but, uh, but but yeah, it's just you know, it, you know talking and it, it, because you know I mean there are some supporters that are a little on the fence about the candidate. So um, it'd be yeah for first time people, you know you, you come in you you look for your peeps. You know, collect with them and then uh, start the process. It's pretty amazing. All right. So, like, what what could they like as far as the crowd goes? Is it like a is everybody pretty friendly, contentious, or is we talking like friendly rivalry kind of thing, or do people get angry and start yelling at each other? No, I I, I haven't seen a lot of uh, of uh, of aggressive behavior. Uh -huh. People are, I mean, you know, people have honest differences. You know, they support but, their candidate. But they, they they support their candidate. But I mean, people are typically pretty cordial okay. about it. So, okay. yep. So so would you say like caucusing is like a good experience? If someone's never done it before, is it like fun, good experience? Yeah, you? I mean, it's it's definitely a good experience. I mean, if anybody's here at the steak fry, I mean, it's a, it, it, it's a little bit of a similar experience in that it's more of a community event uh -huh. than you know just kind of autonomous singular event like what a primary is. So you know, and, and I mean, you know, there there are a lot of people that you know don't understand caucusing and don't like it as well as primary, but I I still think that it's more of kind of the epitome of like grassroots politicking sure. and and i definitely think it still has its place sure, sure so thank you very much for your time i really appreciate it thank you you're welcome <laughs> you. oh, before on. we before we go uh why do you like beto i like beto because his ideas are pragmatic i like the fact that he stands for what he believes in whether or not it is politically astute by uh by the standards of the Democratic Party. Um, I think that he's a dynamic speaker. I like the fact that he is off the cuff, that he doesn't have to have teleprompters or speechwriters. And I, 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 I love all of his policies, and, and I think he, he's what we need for America. All right, awesome. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. All right, guys. Uh, uh, Ryan, thank you. Are you like, what are you wrestling? Are you wrestling alligators over there? <laughs> I might just be fidgeting with the pen. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny it's, it sounded like you were like 
rolling around. And that is the beauty of this podcast. <laughs> um, we, we, we went from a great segment about caucusing to wrestling with alligators. Cause again, like we always point out, we're super, super, uh, you know, we're amateurs. I do this in my pajamas. I want you all to know that. I, yeah. I'm, I'm sitting on my bed right now. So with, with my laptop, <laughs> I'm, I'm a man of comfort. And yeah. if I'm going to be sitting here talking, I'm going to be comfortable. So um, make, make the case for Iowa. Why is Iowa important? So caucusing, um, what you find out about caucusing. So, uh, you know, Charlie kind of explained the process, but the, the, the point to really make about this is that all these undecided voters, they're just going to go into this room and they're just going to kind of meander to a corner. And what you need are leaders. You need leaders and organizers and people who are convincing to go out there and talk to these people and say, hey, why don't you come over here with us? And a lot of people should sides. A lot of people move around. Like that's the whole point of this is that you are talking to people and convincing and making your case in person. So when you talk about these undecided voters, you talk about him being in your top three. Yeah, you want somebody to caucus. What you're looking for are those leaders who are going to go there and no, I'm here and I'm going to go drag other supporters from other places over here and get them. Um, you know, that that's kind of what you what you want. But you also want just general favorability. You want people to be amenable to your candidates. So when those leaders go out there, those people's like, yeah, I like Beto. You made a great case. You convinced me. We'll get I'll come over and move. And even if he's just, you know, make him viable. Um, so, you know, it's really all about just, you know, getting that viability, doing that count and having enough people to remain viable. Um, you know, so yeah, the idea is to get a big crowd and that's kind of why I think, and Charlie talked to me about this and we kind of had a conversation after this, um, that kind of democracy is what really separates the, the, the wheat from the chaff, if you know what I mean. Um, there's no such thing as a half-assed Beto supporter. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely not. You're either a Beto supporter or you are not. Exactly. If you're and in, you... you're all fucking in with Beto. And that's all day long. And that's exactly what you need from a caucus, because you do not want that group breaking up, splitting off to everybody else. And you want that group out saying, come on, come on, come on, come to us. That's what Beto supporters are. That's what we need to get more better supporters out there doing is getting those, getting the people who are amenable to Beto to that caucus. And that's kind of why Iowa is important because, and I think that's what they realize in and of themselves is that that's what really makes, you know, this is a real candidate with real energy behind him. That's why going out there at the steak fry and jumping up and down for six hours straight was important because we had to show energy. You know, it wasn't just for the cameras. It, you know, I don't think, I think I heard on Twitter that the MSNBC actually didn't give Beto a whole lot of coverage. But 12,000 Iowans know who the fuck, what the fuck's going on. <laughs> so, yeah, no, for sure. I'm pretty sure anybody within um, like a hundred mile radius could hear you. Yeah. Uh, it, it seemed loud as fuck, man. That You guys keep saying it, but you guys went out and. You guys really crushed it over the weekend, and yeah. uh, like I'm really proud of all of you. Um, one of our guests um, who comes on or has who has been on is is Demarcus. He mm -hmm. kind of was like the de facto like king of uh, the the steak fry. Like he he was everywhere. Like yep. he's all over the place. Well, yeah, um, so. he actually uh, 
he took control of uh, Beto's Instagram. Yeah, man, I that I did see. I thought that was really, <laughs> that, that really, was cool really fucking cool. Yeah. Um, and and uh, if he's listening in or, he, or you, if he gets a chance to listen, we're really, really proud of the work you did, man. Yeah, that was it's awesome. Fucking great job. Fantastic, yeah. fantastic. So that that's gonna pretty much wrap up the steak fry. Um, it's a it's this really important, and you guys did a really, really, really good job. Um, I'm really proud of all you guys. I'm I would have loved to have been there, but you know circumstances. Yep. So again, um, if uh you know November first uh is I forget what they call it in Iowa, but it's the Jefferson dinner. Every state puts on these Jefferson dinners. If you remember that speech from the uh, Clinton Foundation, where that great speech he got up uh, a few, about a, was it a month ago, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. So. Iowa does a version. Every state does a version of that. It's like a big fundraiser. Iowa's version is apparently huge. They fill up the Wells Fargo Center with people. So if uh, they want a huge turnout, you know, another chance to really, uh, you know, show out. So, um, yeah, everybody, I'm going to say say it now. If you can, if you want to make a pilgrimage to Iowa, um, I'm already looking up plane tickets. <laughs> So I looked at plane tickets too. I'm, um, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, you might see me again. I might be doing some more field reporting from Iowa. I really hope so. <laughs> so I really, really do. Um, so that's going to bring us to some current events. Yeah. Um, and today's current events are really fucking huge. Um, <laughs> for me as a historian, for me as an American, because the, fucking orange demon's gonna finally have his day of comeuppance um and i, I think know you're probably you're, more optimistic than i am <laughs> I, I am and i was kind of like you know this is just because hannah it, it keeps mm-hmm. saying you know i don't know why they're doing this they're not gonna pass it in the senate it's not gonna happen and i get that but you have to have that show for um democracy and what we're talking about is impeachment yeah um the Democrats in the House um, have opened an official impeachment inquiry. An impeachment inquiry and an impeachment are not the same thing. No, the inquiry is basically the investigation portion. Mm-hmm. So they're going to investigate and then they'll pass it over to the Senate. So true. The Senate very well. We don't know what's going to happen because you know fucking Mitch McConnell um, is just an absolute dickhead. Um, but well, they have to vote on it. I think that I think they're constitutionally required to. They can't just like table it. Ab- oh, absolutely, they have to to vote on it. But I mean, come on, look at the guys that are over there. John Kennedy yeah. was making an ass out of himself earlier. Um, Lindsey Graham bends over backwards to kiss Trump's ass as often as possible. Uh, Ted Cruz, for another one, kisses Trump's ass, and that dude <laughs> made fun of his wife and implied that his dad killed Kennedy. Like that's what kind of there's no spine in these people, no, but absolutely. there's one positive, um, and that is that the Senate voted unanimously to get the whistleblower um, to come out and, and see the intelligence committee. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of big. Well, because they're trying to bury that. Well, is it, though? I mean, because it's the law to hand it over. So you're, if you asked a senator to vote, would you uphold this law? I mean, they pretty much have to vote yes. 
Yeah, but they're trying. Trump's been trying to bury it. He's been oh, breaking absolutely. the law this whole time. Absolutely. No, I know, and, but there's a difference and between quasi-breaking the law that he's been kind of able to pull versus something as fucking black and white as, no, you're supposed to turn it over. Now, they're going to turn it over, and I bet the, you know, they would vote to, I think the Senate would vote to turn it over and then look at it and say, no, of course that's not an impeachable offense. But so those are oh, I'm, I'm sure they're going to I'm sure that's what they're going to try <laughs> yeah. to say for sure. But I mean, like if you can't like the, it, it, it seems pretty cut and dry, like from what the reporting that I'm hearing from mm-hmm. all over the place, that there's some pretty I mean, it was enough for somebody to, to call and say, hey, this is not OK. This is this is bad. And the uh, I think the inspector general who, who Trump and Trump. Yeah. Is like, yeah, no, this is this is not good. Mm-hmm. This is not, this is bad. So, I mean, like, they can't – it's either they sell out their country and – which they've already been doing, but they do it more blatantly or they hold the man accountable and, you know, save our democracy. Yeah. Now, Nancy Pelosi is playing the long game. Yeah, you know, I think She knew gonna, something was coming up. Well, I mean, the thing is what has actually changed as far as substance? We were already going through a quasi-impeachment inquiry to begin with. So all we've really done at this point is formalize the inquiry. And I think, frankly, I think there nothing's going to significantly change. They're just going to keep slow rolling it. I mean, I think so, too. You know, the the Democrats haven't shown any. The thing that's frustrating about this. uh, Did you watch any of that? Lewinsky, Lewinsky, not Lewinsky. uh, Paula Jones. No, the. Lewandowski. Lewandowski. Corey Lewandowski. Corey Lewandowski. Yeah, Thank Lew- you. Paula Jones and, and Monica Lewinsky. No, I know. Are- as I was saying it, I was like, yeah, you can tell I'm That's getting not- names messed up all night. <laughs> yeah. No, Corey Lewandowski. Corey Lewandowski. Corey- Do you see any of that Corey hearing? Lewandowski. Oh, I watched all of it. Corey yeah. Lewandowski needed to have his fucking ass thrown in jail. They should have buried him under the yeah, but you Yeah, but did, like did you see how the Democrats were completely incapable of doing anything about it? Like they, and that's what they don't understand. They have power to do it. But they were so disorganized. Unlike the Republicans who can actually get their shit together, put somebody in charge who actually knows what they're doing, how to uh, answer a question. Because once they put that lawyer in charge, they were actually able to get him to weasel out of, into something. You know? So it's like they just, for whatever reason, are unwilling to actually put the screws on when they do have the opportunity. So now all they're doing is just changing the title. You know, unless they change tactics, I'm not going to be impressed. You know, she's kind of, Pelosi's kind of dragged, being half dragged into this because she has to. Like, this is a clear breaking of the law. She can't hide from it anywhere anymore. So. Well, the numbers for impeachment. Uh, they went from like, I think they were like last week they were like sixty eight, mm-hmm. which has been pretty stagnant, and then today it's at one seventy eight, and in less than a week, a uh, uh, hundred and ten people decided they wanted to impeach the president. That's like it's a big fucking deal. This is, it's not yeah. like this happens every presidency. No, that's true. It's happened twice because Nixon bitched out and resigned because mm-hmm. he knew he was going down. And let's I I let's let's throw in a, a couple of other facts here. Um, before before we move on, Nixon released hit the Nixon tapes himself, but they mm-hmm. were heavily, heavily edited. Oh, do not believe that damn transcript Trump sends out. We need the oh, not even before. a little bit. It's gonna be the same fucking bullshit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be the same. He'll sharpie it up. Thing, for He'll sure, for sure. 
And again, that's it's dereliction of duty, and mm-hmm. it's illegal. It's just going to sink him more and more. But so, f- I mean, good good luck. Yeah. I did hear that uh, he was trying to talk Nancy uh, Pelosi into making a deal with the over the whistleblowers. Like he's been trying to. He's 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 scared to death. There's something here. He's I, scared. I believe. Well, I mean, he's always scared. The man is terrified because he knows as soon as he leaves office, he's probably all the Southern District of New York's going to put him in handcuffs. Oh yeah, I mean, I, he's 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 going to walk out of the White House into a jail cell. I uh, yeah, so. I can only hope. I can only only hope. <laughs> yeah, so I can't tell you how badly today I wanted to send a text message of just everybody clapping to every member of my family. <laughs> just all of them, every last fucking yeah. one of them. So I'm definitely glad they took the step, but like I said, I I just, the thing that worries me about it is if the Democrats were actually organized and they were actually, the the House was actually able to get their shit together and do this right, um, I'm behind it. Because I think that not only does it help, you can make the case for impeachment, but the more you have hearings, the more you expose evidence, the more you just, you know, put this out there, the bigger your case gets. But if you don't make the case or you make the case poorly, it goes the other way. And that's what worries me right now is will the Democrats be able to make the case well? You know, if they just go back out there and have, oh, we just all want our five minutes in the microphone and let whoever witnesses bully us, that's not going to help. It's going to help Trump. So, you know. I mean, this is uh, this is you know kind of a call out to Nancy Pelosi. You better get your shit together. And and, you know? and see, I think a lot of that because of because of where it was at. Mm-hmm. I think there were so many there there weren't there wasn't enough support. So when it got up to like one seventy eight, and there's so many of them, they're going to become united on that front. I, they're going to have to. They're going to have to walk into that room, and they're going to have to get their shit together. It's going to have to happen. They're going to have because he's going to stonewall them. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, he's gonna do everything in his power. He's a weasel. I mean, he, he is is the definition of 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 just you know a weasel. What what was the guy? Who was the guy? Um, was it Chaffee, the uh, Republican congressman who just hammered Benghazi forever? I don't remember. I don't even remember all of that. The dude they bring up Benghazi and all of that shit so often that I don't even pay it. It's like I don't even hear yeah. it anymore. But, and I got a question for you. Mm-hmm. I know you went to the Clinton um, library. Were mm-hmm. you able to find Hillary Clinton's emails? Because I can think of tons and tons <laughs> of fucking people that want to know. No, it was a presidential library. It was all electronic. Although I did find out while I was there that when Clinton was in office. He started off with 50 websites, and by the time he left office, there was 350 million websites. That's crazy. Yeah. The 90s were a ridiculous time. They were. Yeah, very much. Very much so. Very ridiculous time. <laughs> but that's all we've got for you guys today. Before we uh, before we jet out, I am going to plug my event this weekend. Um, Marcel McClinton, who is running from, for city council in Houston. He's a mass shooting survivor. He's going to be here in Virginia. We are hosting him for a fundraiser, and we're going to be hosting March for Our Lives as well. So check out our Twitter page and uh, see RSVP to the, to the event. We have uh, Beto supporters. We have all sorts of different types of supporters coming in from all over the East Coast. Let's get as many of you guys here as we can. Let's make this really, really big. But like Ryan said, we need to make sure we're also getting out and volunteering. We need to make sure we're getting out and donating. Beto, Beto needs our help, guys. 
He can't do this on our own. Me and Ryan can't just be doing podcasts. It's got to be all of us collectively, and that is the beauty of this campaign. Yes. But get out for there, us, do everything you can. You don't doesn't even if you can't get out there, or if you're not able to call, text. We have call teams. We have text teams. Uh, Social media the, teams. Hook up with the envoys. I'm telling you, uh, you will find a great community that will help you. Do it all. You know, they, they they will find your talents and they will harness them. Oh, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's it for us. So uh, let's keep on looking. Uh, I, wow, I fucked up my own. Oh, exit. man. Oh, man. I butchered that. Shit. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to take it. I'm going to take a time to you guys. OK. Ready? All right. Ready? Here we go. So uh, let's keep on looking ahead to Beto days. You got it. <laughs>